0: Hey guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And welcome back to another episode. Hey, Joel. I am. How is it physically possible that we drop Monday's podcast and what, an hour, two hours after the Giorgio Baldi, Kim and P Pictures break?
1: I truly can't believe it happened.
0: <laughs> guys, it's so crazy because on Monday, we sit here and we talk for, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes about the entire thing. But obviously, the catalyst to all of it was Flava Flaves Flav's post of them in Palm Springs and then those paparazzi photos. Then, what happened was right after we dropped the podcast, there was a Dumois post saying, I saw Kim and Pete at Giorgio Baldi in Santa Monica. Then there was a follow up with the photo and it was kind of blurry. And you thought that that was all you were going to get. And quite frankly, you were probably grateful for it. And then within like 30 minutes, backread for Daily Mail just releases. I mean, I would consider this a fucking photo shoot.
1: A full-fledged photo shoot of them walking out, holding hands. Pete holding on to Kim's Balenciaga gloves where they're like can't fully bend around his hand is one of the greatest images of our time. Only topped by the fact that Pete has a hickey on his neck.
0: I I can't get over the hickey. I can't get over the hickey. And by the way, she's in full head's toe Balenciaga. So who's to say she doesn't have a hickey?
1: I am fully prepared for tomorrow at Thanksgiving when it gets to me to ask what I'm thankful for to say Pete Davidson's hickey.
0: This entire thing, it's just, it's invigorated us. It's interesting the way
1: that this is playing out in terms of the content we're getting, because it, again, as we were talking about things can be real and also PR at the same time. And this is very much playing out like one of those PR sort of things where it's like, okay, you get kind of hints and now you're getting the confirmation photos. And I'm sure in a couple of days there will be public kissing photos. Like it kind of follows that same pattern. But what's so interesting about this I'm realizing is that like, There are so many other celebrities where you can look at their patterns with dating and be like, oh, it always does this. Or like even with Pete, you can say like, oh, he kind of has the same thing that he does. Like he gets seen in public. He jokes about it on SNL, confirms it on SNL. SNL really takes it to the next level. You see a lot of photos. With Kim, she's only dated Kanye. She's only been with Kanye in the past 10 years. So we've never seen
0: her do this. I mean, that's the thing with this. Let us not forget that Kim and Chris Humphreys got divorced or she filed for divorce in 2011, and she started dating Connie in 2012. Like, the divorce wasn't even finalized when they first got together. And so it's really, I think that what we are experiencing, and by we, I mean the public or those of us who like really give a shit about this. Yes, of course, I'm not taking anything away from Pete. Like, the fact that the person is Pete Davidson is completely amplifying that. And I'm the first one to admit it. That being said, we would be having a strong reaction regardless of who the person is because it's really just the formal ending of Kimye, which is our reality for the last 10 years.
1: Right. Like the moving on and the seeing the process of that moving on is so insane. And going back to what you were saying about the divorce not being finalized when they were first dating, the divorce wasn't even finalized when she was pregnant with North. Like things moved on so quickly. There was never really that, area where you saw her publicly dating like this or going through different people or, or, you know, testing the waters. It was straight from Chris to Kanye. And the other thing there is that because of that divorce element and because it not being finalized and because there was so much backlash about like her marrying him and having this 72 day wedding in the first place, it's not like him and Kanye were able to have this overly public getting together. There was always this like air of like, we have to keep this a little bit more private because of the public reaction. And what you're getting here now is like, again, a situation where her divorce isn't entirely finalized, but you really have the public, I think, for the most part on her side in terms of her freedom and what she does in her dating life. And I think that she's willing to be so much more public with that now.
0: I agree. And I don't think that that's just because we're fans of Kim. I think even generally people really understand that she went through it with Kanye. They obviously loved each other. They were married in a lot of ways. That's what she signed up for. But I do think people celebrate this kind of like new phase of her life. But I want to just go back to Monday's episode for a second and clarify the PR thing. I'm telling you guys, I was the first one for two weeks straight. I was like, there is no way, there's no way. I'm telling you now, you don't have to believe me It's real. Like, I feel like we have heard enough. We know enough now. I'm not saying they're going to date. I'm not saying that, like I said on Monday, it's not like this is going to be North's stepfather. No. But I am telling you, they are factually hooking up. It's like legit. And like Julie said, both things can exist they can be doing it and also be celebrating the PR. Because realistically, if they didn't want to be seen, they wouldn't be seen. They wouldn't be going to Giorgio Baldi. You were there last week. The Paparazzi just camp outside there, even if they don't know who's in there because they know there's going to be someone. So they're going to one of the most public places they could possibly go to. Clearly they want to be seen. However, I still think they're getting in that Lambo. They're going back to her house or wherever they're going, and they are hooking up.
1: I also think that Kim is having so much fun. And you can see that from the photos, like every single picture is her just cracking up laughing. But regardless, she is clearly having the time of her life and just laughing and having fun, which as we've said, is like the core base of whatever this relationship is. I think for her, in terms of going to a place like Giorgio Baldi, that is such a celebrity hotspot and has paparazzi, you know, camping outside, waiting for whoever might walk through those doors, is kind of just embracing the fun element of it. Like, yeah, of course we can stay in and kind of hide out, but like, this is so much fun. Why not let people see how much fun we're having together? Or why not do something where we can embrace that level of fun and go to an amazing restaurant, have an amazing time, not feel the need to hide this. Like, to me, it makes sense that they're doing it again there is always that PR element because it's just the way they go about it. It doesn't mean it's not real. It just means like, instead of staying in, they chose to be photographed or instead of going to a restaurant where they could go in and slip in the back and not be seen at all, they chose to do it in a very seemingly quote, normal way.
0: Yes. And one other follow up I just wanted to make in regards to the whole PR of it. And I know we talked about this on Monday's episode because a lot of people speculate that this is, you know, happening as a way to cover up for Astro World. And we explained on Monday why we don't think that that's the case. By the way, if that's what you think, like nothing we're going to say is going to convince you otherwise. And that's totally fine. I respect that opinion. I guess t- to me, when, if I really want to think about it, I put these in two completely separate categories. Like, Pete and Kim is this fun kind of pop culture moment that we can all celebrate or dislike or just talk about in general. And then the other one is a mass casualty event that is a tragedy that occurred at the hands of Travis Scott, his team and Live Nation that should have never happened. So I I don't know. It's like, okay, even if we say for us, you know, the two don't distract, does it distract for anyone? Because when you really think about it, at the same time those photos were coming out is also when you find out that Travis's lawsuits are now up to allegedly $2 billion. So to me, I guess it's like, I almost think it downplays the severity and the level of tragedy that was World by thinking something as fun and lighthearted as Kim and Pete could take away from it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, that. that's definitely how I feel as well the best way that I can describe it is really what we said earlier of like, it doesn't need to be completely fake for them to be enjoying the PR benefits. And by them, I mean, you know, Kim and the family. That's what I think. Like there's maybe a little bit of a PR incentive, but it doesn't mean that it was just Pete Davidson was chosen at random. They're factually hooking up, but they're also having fun with it.
1: Right. And don't you think that's exactly how Hollywood runs as a whole?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think for the most part, I definitely think there are some situations that completely made up, not an ounce of truth, but for the most part, yes, I think it's a perfectly curated medley. Right, like
1: Kim's <laughs> Kim and Pete's relationship is almost like a microcosm of all of Hollywood. What is else is also funny about Kim and Pete and Pete specifically is like, <laughs> Pete... In my mind, literally just represents like this fifth wave feminism where we can finally ask the question, like, oh, is he only famous because of the women he dates? Which feels really good to ask. Like it feels amazing. Like that question is just like, would we even know Pete Davidson's name if not for the women he was dating?
0: I know. Which the answer is yes, we would, but it's fun for a moment to pretend that we wouldn't. I mean, certainly I would. No, I mean this he's a talented guy. I think It's not just with Pete that we have this conversation, but I do think that it's very rare where you have a celebrity that is incredibly famous. Yes, more famous because of the relationships he's been in, but in general, I mean, his career and his comedic success being on SNL, all of those things have really propelled him. Yet they maintain such like an authentic sense of humility. And we were talking about this, I I don't know, last week or maybe on Monday when we were saying... I don't know what it is. I couldn't pinpoint it for you exactly what it is about a celebrity when their humility is believable, but you can just tell. Everybody just seemingly has the same kind of barometer on that. And with him, you can just tell he can't believe this is his life.
1: I think for Pete, it's 100% the fact that he was living in his mom's basement up until a year ago. Yeah. And still lives in Staten Island.
0: Honestly, maintaining residence in Staten Island, whether or not he is there as frequently is probably such a grounding force for him.
1: It has to be. It has to be. I mean, first of all, that's one of the funnier elements of all of this is like the clout that Staten Island is getting from Pete dating him. Like it almost raised Staten Island up a level because of what Pete is doing in his own personal life, which is insane because I didn't think anything could raise Staten Island up a level. But you're literally watching an entire city have a reaction
0: to one person dating a Kardashian. Yeah, it's really something. I mean, if you've been on Staten Island TikTok, it's a sight to see. Maybe we should take the ferry over and get some pizza. You want to? I mean, it feels worth it for the first
1: time. You'll do anything for a ferry, just in general. You love the ferry. Best mode of transportation in the world. It's a vacation within a a mode of transportation.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I don't know, guys. I mean... I'm sorry, I think that this is one of the most fun things we've ever witnessed, definitely this year.
1: What's gonna be even more fun is just watching this play out from start to finish because this is only the beginning. And even if this ends in a couple of weeks or a couple of months, like I feel like the next period of time is going to be jam-packed with content.
0: Let me ask you a question, okay? I I wanna ask it realistically, but I also don't wanna have to pay attention to timeline. So let's say sometime in the next two months, let's say they continue hooking up for two more months. Do you think they walk a red carpet together?
1: I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think they walk a red carpet together, but I do think they attend an event together.
0: I don't know if we're going to cut this or not, but I just want you guys to know Julie sighed after I asked her that question. That was an intense sigh.
1: I just, I don't know. Like I, I, I'm, I feel really out of my element in terms of like being able to predict what's going to go down here. Because if you were to ask me, I would have never thought they would have been at Giorgio Baldi three days after I was there.
0: Literally three days. I really do not know. There's a part of me that thinks it'll never happen And there's a part of me that's like, you know what? Kim is having so much fun just fucking with everyone. Maybe she will. I would be kind of shocked. But then again, my radar on this has been kind of so off. So I I don't know. Something I
1: would love is like Scott and Pete content.
0: No, Julie, fucking forget about it. You know, the other thing that's happening here, and I don't want to say we're losing out on it because obviously Kim has the most social media of anyone and it's not like she's posting it. But if Pete was active on social and he was somebody who just posted stories, like imagine all of a sudden you're scrolling through Instagram and you're just tapping through your stories and you see the light hardwood floors and the white couch, which is none other than Scott to six residence. Do you know the heart drop that would occur?
1: It is an interesting element to think about the lack of social media at play.
0: Right. You have one person who is, I mean, literally probably one of the most social media heavy people in the world. And then Pete, who is pretty much off of it, comes on very intermittently, strictly when he has a project to promote. And so just every aspect of them seems so opposite.
1: Right. Like that's also where the age difference comes into play as well, where it's like, if Pete was the one on social and Kim wasn't, which would obviously never work in terms of the trajectory of both of their careers, but let's just say that for argument's sake, Pete's younger. He uses social media in a different way. Kim very much, while she's amazing at social and amazing at promoting her brand in that way, she very much uses social media like a mom. And so for her to post a story of Pete, I don't see that happening anytime soon.
0: I'm going to tell you right now, just hear me. If that ever happens, that will be the moment that takes my breath away the most in this entire saga that will fuck me up more than the Giorgio Baldi Balenciaga handhold. Where do you think,
1: cause they will happen
0: in the next couple of days. I truly
1: believe this. The first public kissing photos will take place. Nobu. <laughs> Nobu. <laughs> Outside the Fendi pop-up.
0: No, stop, stop, stop. So I can't Julie. Fuck. Kim Kardashian and Pete Davidson are just gallivanting around California. I
1: could see it being in a car, like very Tom and Zendaya style.
0: I'm seeing too many scenarios flashing through my mind. Also, by the way, did you see the video of MGK on the red carpet when somebody asked him about it and he like couldn't control his reaction. He just had a smirk. He like literally had to take his hand and cover up his mouth. I think that everybody in Pete's life is having that reaction. Not that it's like, it's so impressive that you pulled Kim Kardashian. Obviously it is, but strictly from a superficial looks perspective, like he's clearly shown that he can pull. I think it's more so like, what? You're in this world? Like, how did this happen?
1: I feel like with specifically Pete and MGK, what happened was one night they got so high and they were both like, if you could fuck anyone in Hollywood, who would it be? And MGK was like Megan Fox and Pete was like Kim Kardashian. And then like there was some weird like Disney Dust movie thing where like it came true. And now both of them are like, what the fuck do we do now?
0: <laughs> right. Like we we just wished upon a star. We didn't think this shit would actually happen.
1: <laughs> like that is in my mind the only logical explanation for all of this. That needs to be an SNL skit. Imagine. I can imagine. I just wrote it in my head and it's wow. amazing. Amazing.
0: Go to astroproallergy.com for a discount so you can AstroPro and go today. A S T E P R O allergy.com. AstroPro and go. Uses directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. I'm telling you, though, it's legit happening. Whatever it is, it's happening. I don't know, but it's happening. I'm, I feel very confident in saying that. I know. And
1: what I'm really excited about is I feel like for at least the next couple of weeks, every single week we'll have a Kim and Pete update on the podcast. And those are my favorite kind of stories.
0: Yeah. Also, on a little bit of a less lighthearted note, I do want to mention, you know, they both lost a parent relatively young in life and clearly in different ways. But I do think that that's bonding, which I didn't even think about earlier in terms of a point of conversation that you could connect on.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, people inboxed us that a lot in terms of that conversation. Pete was obviously much, much younger. And that was something that we always spoke about with Kim and Kanye in terms of losing a parent. So it's obviously a very, very binding factor.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, realistically, it's not like he's coming over and then leaving. I'm sure they're spending time in bed. And I, I can't even believe I'm saying that, but it's true. And like, talking, you know, or maybe they're having these conversations in her giant fucking bathroom with those plants. And I'm sure at some point something comes up. So
1: I know we're going off of such a serious topic, but when you said him spending the night at her house, the only thing I can envision in my head is Kim waking up in the morning and being like, where is Pete? And he's like in pajamas watching cartoons with Saint and like playing Power Rangers.
0: Yes. And they're all in matching skims pajamas and she goes to like have her workout in the gym with Melissa and she comes back and they're still there. Like I see the vision. I'm really starting to see it so vividly. And I'm so happy because two weeks ago we couldn't envision it if our lives depended on it.
1: Something amazing about the vision though, is that like we're envisioning it in such a realistic way, but it's not the way that like Any other relationship I would be envisioning. Like, there's no other relationship where I could logically be like, the only way I could rationally grasp this is if Pete Davidson is watching cartoons on Saturday morning with Kim's son.
0: I know. And I know it's like a hilarious concept, but if I actually think about it like analytically, clearly being able to map out that vision means that we think at least that we have an understanding of Pete. But really what it comes down to is we, as people who have followed the Kardashians for so many years, specifically with Kim, feel like we have such an intimate understanding of her. So it's not, this would be so much harder if it was somebody that didn't share every aspect of their life and hadn't since 2007 or 2008. Like, For not knowing Kim personally, it's unbelievable how much you can map out a picture that is probably more accurate than you would expect it to be.
1: Yes, except the only part of Kim that you don't really know is her dating life.
0: Yes, which is why it's hard to envision what the actual, like maybe conversations would be or how she would be with him. But in terms of the way that she runs her household or how she would react to seeing him watching cartoons is saying like, I know this is a ridiculous conversation, but when you actually think about it, it's crazy how we've almost become accustomed to like understanding her mannerisms or thinking about the way that she would want to. For example, to me, there's nothing that's going to make Kim miss that morning workout. So she doesn't give a shit what Pete's doing. She just knows she's going to do it and she'll come back and he'll be there. Like, you know,
1: I do know. And it's so funny because in my mind, and I don't know why this is because you're 100% right. Like we know her so well based on what she gives us and what we've observed. But when I think about them dating, I can only think about it from the perspective of the Pete of it and not the Kim of it.
0: I do think that must be because, like you said, of that was the element of her life that was always the most. I don't want to say private. It's not like she didn't have her relationships on the show, but with Kanye, at least it was the most private of any other aspect of her life. Right, and
1: that's probably the aspect of Pete's life that's the most public.
0: Right, but even still, we never really got an intimate understanding of what he was like when it was just them alone. You know, when I really think about my answer to that question, I go back to the black and white Insta stories that Ariana Grande uploaded of him in her apartment when they were engaged.
1: Ariana and Pete gave us a lot of social media moments, a lot, a lot, a lot. And obviously that was years ago and Pete's grown up since then and his the way he goes about relationships is very different and he hasn't had one that has resembled that in the slightest in terms of just social media usage. But I guess that it's enough fuel to really go based on that, how he is in a relationship, especially when he's in a relationship with somebody that he feels is so out of his league and he's so giddy about it that you can almost apply the exact formula that was with Ariana to Kim. Also, Pete's kind of spoken about how he is in relationships in general when he's done interviews. Like there was an interview where he spoke about like, you know, he's really intense in relationships and he loves really hard and sometimes people can't handle that. And so as fun as this relationship is, and I am viewing this only as fun, I do also have that knowledge in the back of my mind of like, Pete has said in the past, you know, he really doesn't do just like hookups. Well, like once he's in it, he's in it. So that's also a really interesting factor to consider.
0: Oh, completely. The intensity of him as a person, as it applies to relationships is not lost on me. And I guess, to be honest with you, the reason that that hasn't been the the focal point in my mind is because I see, and again, maybe I'm wrong. Who the fuck knows? I see this so clearly as having an expiration date. Like, I just think there's literally no world that that this is like end game, which is why, yeah, it may be intense, but I guess I don't view that as being necessarily as irrelevant since I have to imagine they're both under the same understanding that like, this isn't the long game.
1: Right. That makes sense. In my ideal world, you're going to love this. Mason or Penelope on her new TikTok or somebody like Kylie even would make a TikTok of Pete sitting in the house and Kanye walking in with the Good morning, Kanye. Shut the fuck up, audio. And that would be, that would break the internet.
0: That would break the fucking internet. Do you think they would ever do that? I can't even imagine. I mean, Julie, that would require Kanye and Pete to be in the same room with Kim. Like, is that a possibility that will ever happen?
1: I don't know. I don't think so. But when I hear that, hey, good morning, Kanye, I picture Pete saying it now.
0: Well, one final thing on this. Did you see last night Kim posted on her story? The GIF of her jumping out from behind the bushes that's like gone, you know, completely viral for years now. To me, that was a subtle nod to this whole thing of like, I see you guys, like I, I'm, I'm recognizing how wild this is, like, and that gave me a glimmer of hope that they may play into it more social media wise.
1: I thought that at first too, but it wasn't about that. It was about Tayana Taylor giving Lala a lap dance because Tayana then posted it saying like, "You're next, Kim." And Kim reposted it. Oh, she did? Yeah. And the slide before was of Tayana and Lala. And like, it was a follow-up to that.
0: Wow. That's the biggest disappointment of my fucking life.
1: I thought that at first too. I totally understand. And then once I realized that it was in reference to that and Tayana had posted it after, I was like, what a disappointment. I know. I went through that last night too.
0: Wait, I am <laughs> I just rewatched it. I'm so upset. We're keeping this in though, because I want to know if anybody else had that same thought.
1: I know. I'm sorry. I should have just let you live in your little fantasy world. But no, you had to know the
0: truth. I had to know the truth. And also I got the Giorgio Baldi pictures. Like, what am I going to do? Peg? I know. So Mother's Day is coming up and I know sometimes it can be difficult figuring out what to get your mom because realistically, no gift is going to do justice for how much you love and appreciate her. But I'm sure you've done the classic, you know, bathrobe, candle, sweaters, gift cards. So a follow up to something we were talking about on Monday's episode is that Sheva Hart and Ben Weinstein from the show My An Orthodox Life have separated, and they announced it. By the way, if you didn't watch the show or you don't care, just fast forward this one little segment. But there was honestly a lot of interest that we were getting from it. So on Monday, you know, we were saying yes, it's confirmed. They both posted about it, and something that was a little bit interesting was that he had posted a solo shot of himself with the caption like "officially not famous." And in the comment section, it wasn't just people giving words of, you know, supportive encouragement. It also seemed to be weirdly celebratory, like as if he escaped a bad situation. Like I don't want to use the word toxic necessarily, but it seemed like the people that were commenting were not only fans of his, but also people with more of an intimate knowledge of the situation. But anyway, since Monday's episode, she posted a TikTok kind of talking about how it's so strange for her to not be wearing her wedding ring and she got another ring to kind of, you know, trick her brain and I guess I mentioned all of that to say her tone seems to be one of somebody who is very willing to be vulnerable in kind of like their grieving of the breakup, where the vibe that you got from his post was like, fuck it, you're so much better off.
1: Right. And that's what's so interesting, like the contrast of the two. And again, we kind of always talk about this in terms of reality star versus celebrity where when a celebrity is going through a breakup, it's very rare that you get like an intimate knowledge as to what that process is like. And with a reality star, you tend to get a little bit more. What you're looking at now is kind of like the next wave of that, which is TikTok slash reality star, where not only are they willing to give you more, but they're willing to give you more in that exact moment and posting TikToks and Instagram about it. So I mean... Obviously we don't know the intimate intimate details of what happened or what the reason for the breakup was and you can't really judge who was right or wrong even if there even is a right or wrong in this scenario but it is interesting to watch that process kind of unfold before your eyes and have one person kind of celebrating the end of the marriage or seemingly celebrate it while the other is kind of talking about being more sad about it but also going about their lives and kind of showing you through that process
0: yeah, I mean, I just think it's interesting because on Monday we were talking about how, you know, a lot of what they showed on the show was differences clearly in their desired level of observance, which is completely fair. But I think that now having a little bit of a better understanding that the fame element also played into it because I think that for Julia Hart and her family, it was like, we're going to take this and run with it. You know, Sheva is really leaning into that, which there's nothing wrong with. And maybe that's just not what he wanted, you know? It seemed like on the show he was down for it, but maybe it was too much and they were going you know, into this world that he found to be a little bit vapid. I don't know, I'm kind of just like hypothesizing here, but I think that that conversation can't be lost in it. And I don't think it can be as specific as just the religious element.
1: No, totally. What's interesting for me in terms of getting kind of behind the scenes information about this is like, it's not unusual for us when we talk about a story that people will inbox us, or people will kind of say like, I heard whisperings in LA or New York, or this agent said this thing, or this person told my friend this, like, it's not unusual that those stories get back to us or that people tell us those things. What's interesting from my point of view, and I think your point of view as well, because it's such a specific one about this story is it's very much. um. It's very much information that's unfolding among friends who have intimate knowledge just through being connected through the Jewish community where like, you know, I was looking at his post and there were people I knew who were specifically replying to comments as if they knew exactly what was going on saying like, oh, I'm so happy. Or like, this is such an amazing comment. And it's interesting when it's just specifically people, you know, outside of this whole world that have the intimate knowledge of what's going on in this case rather than like the LA or the Hollywood aspect of it.
0: Oh my God, completely. I think for you and I, it felt a little bit more intimate. It, it's it's not so dissimilar to when something happens, like in a specific situation in New York, where I feel like we feel not that we're connected personally, but we have a better understanding than like, you know, I don't know, some drama going on in Bel Air.
1: It almost felt like, again, this is very specific, but if you understand this, like you'll know exactly what I mean. Like it almost felt like there was like an it couple at Michigan that you were hearing about, Oh, and then totally. it's just like the whole world also kind of knows about it or like a big portion of people who watch the show and care about this one specific couple know about it. But it almost feels like your extended friend group drama.
0: It felt like if I, the best way I could put it, it felt like it was my camp friend's sister. Like that's the exact level of knowledge that I felt I would have had.
1: Right, and you were weirdly invested in other people. were re- it, It's just like it, when you know exactly what it is, you know, but it was a very strange circumstance. And I don't think there's any other like quote, Celebrity drama that has gone down for me, at least in this very specific way.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, you're right. It's a, it's a very kind of unique spot. Anyway, we'll see what happens with this one. I guess my point is like, she's leading with a lot less ego than I think one would have maybe anticipated. She's the first one to literally get in front of her camera and be like, I'm going to this Thanksgiving with our couple friends, and it's weird for me, and I'm afraid that I'm gonna feel sad. You know, like that's a really honest thing to say. And I think that watching this show, one could maybe think that that's not how she would have handled it based on maybe Julia being in her ear.
1: That's all. I wonder if we'll get the full behind the scenes of this on a second season.
0: I'm assuming we'll. Well, we are getting a second season, so I can't imagine they don't. Right. Get warm, rather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash CBC for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's com slash CBC to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash CBC. So you guys remember beginning mid-October is when Lala Kent started deleting photos of Randall from her Instagram. The breakup rumor started to swirl. And I think we spoke about it briefly, but yesterday or 2 days ago, she posted a video. It was like a promo video for this non-alcoholic beverage company, and it was in her new apartment and she wrote like, "Hi guys, welcome to my new place." So there was that. She also changed her tattoo that said Rand to brand new, and the podcast has been rebranded from Give Them Lala with Randall to just Give Them Lala. So, you know, I know she said on her podcast something to the effect of like if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have Ocean, her daughter. And like, obviously, she's so grateful for that and things happen in the way that they're meant to. But I have to be honest with you. If you would have asked me how I envisioned this going down, I know that their relationship was very volatile and there's definitely been decisions that were made like kind of impulsively. But I would not have thought she would have moved out this quickly.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I know if history may have made you think that she would have because they're both like fiery personalities and you could totally see her being like, fuck it. I'm taking our daughter and I'm getting out. So it does make sense. I guess there was a part of me that thought maybe, I don't know, she was going to stay in the house longer. I'm happy. Don't get me wrong. I'm thrilled with this. I just didn't expect it to happen, but it really seems like she's starting over, which I think is the best news ever.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's amazing. I wasn't surprised when I saw that she had moved out. And that's not really a reflection of either of them because I don't know them that intimately. Like I, I follow, obviously, and I followed the breakup story, but like I didn't watch Vanderpump Rules. I don't know her on like a very intimate level. So me seeing that she moved out, I just wasn't surprised, but it had nothing to do with personality. It just kind of had to do with logistics.
0: I mean, to be honest with you, I don't know, this is maybe not like the right thing to say, but it's how I honestly feel you know, I I genuinely believe that she wanted to make this work. I really think that against all odds, she did love him and she did develop a love for him. And I don't think it was just like this gold digger situation. I really, you know, think that they developed this life together. That being said, I have to imagine there's a part of her now where it's like, okay, I got the most beautiful blessing in my daughter. And I'm connected to him for life in that way. And also hopefully he will help support her lifestyle. Not that Lala doesn't do well for herself, but obviously, you know, that's that's the deal. I could totally see her being like, now I have the opportunity to restart my life with somebody who is just objectively a better match for me. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know if she's there yet, but I do think she'll get to the point where she's like, this was such a blessing in disguise.
1: Right. I think so too. I mean, that's what I assume
0: he just skeeves me out. I can't help it. It's not, I'm not, I don't mean that just like a, you know, superficial looks thing. Like, yes, clearly, objectively, she's the better looking of the two, but I don't even mean that. I just, his entire personality is, was always hard for me to kind of get on board with. But what do I know? I mean, I don't know personally.
1: There was always something shady there with him. I felt that way. I mean, again, didn't have intimate knowledge, but anytime I saw them and I saw him and kind of the way he deals with things, I was like, this isn't, I never thought it was going to work out in the long run, but I don't think anybody did.
0: No, but I thought she was really committing to it. You know, she was going to do everything in her power. And I guess it was just the final straw where she was like, you know what? I have my daughter now. Like there's nothing in the world that she cares about more. And I think you see this, this a lot, you know, once a child is in the equation, it's like, I just love her more than I love you. The famous Courtney to Scott line. Never fucking forget it on that BlackBerry. Never. Is there anything else that has happened since Monday that we need to be mentioning?
1: The one other thing I actually wanted to say was that, I'm not sure if you saw this, but Travis had posted an Instagram from their vacation in Cabo, and Alabama had commented on it. And Travis replied to her comment saying, I'm so proud of you for flying. And I guess I didn't realize that the flying fear that Travis had, which was obviously more than understandable and I... Can't even begin to understand what he went through. I just didn't realize that that also extended to his kids. And I know that Travis wrote about in his book that Alabama actually, like, somewhat predicted this at three years old, telling him, like, the roof's going to come off, the roof's going to come off frantically before he left for that plane.
0: The whole thing is so eerie, honestly. And it's, you're right. Like it logically makes so much sense. Of course, you know, your dad was in this plane crash where he was one of the only survivors. He's this very deep rooted fear of flying that he's had since you were three. Like, of course I understand that it, it would make sense. It would carry on to her, but I hadn't even thought about that really. So just seeing that comment, I guess it just made it way more clear for me.
1: Yeah. That's really incredible. And again, that conversation that we were having about, you know, with Travis and Courtney, the biggest show of like trust and safety in their relationship is him trusting her enough to get on that plane and wanting to get on that plane. And I think that that extends to Travis's kids as well, in terms of the way they feel about Courtney, like they trust her enough that, you know, their dad went on a plane with her and now they're going to as well.
0: Oh, I, I, yeah. I mean, I have to imagine that in a way they, credit some of that liberation to her, even though it was Travis who did it. I think that they're like eternally grateful to that.
1: Yeah. I just think there's a sense of safety they feel, which is I'm sure so comforting for them and beyond comforting for Travis.
0: That's all you could want. Like, I honestly think, them aside, just in any relationship, like what is more important than that feeling of 100% safety in your friendship, in your romantic relationship with a parent? Like there's no feeling like just feeling completely comfortable and safe in someone's presence. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, I think that's key. One last thing that I just wanted to mention was Andrew Garfield did this interview with Stephen Colbert and he had lost his mother and Stephen Colbert was asking him about it. And he made this comment, I'll put the link in the description. He described grief as unexpressed love. And he was like, to be clear, like I... Always told my mom how I felt about her. We all did. He was like, But I don't want, necessarily want this grief to go away. Like, I'm happy to hold on to it because to me, it just represents like even more unexpressed love. And I happen to think that I have a, you know, I don't know, a relatively evolved take on grief and passing. And I've been through a lot of therapy, but I've never heard it explained like that. And it just really touched me. And so, for anybody who also is struggling with a loss, I want to just put the link in the description. Maybe it will resonate with you as well. Cause it was really beautiful. Yeah. Okay. Well we are obviously off tomorrow and Friday, so we'll see you guys next Monday as always the links and codes are in the description, but I also wanted to mention, we get DMS about this all the time and we honestly should say it more, but the company that like we've talked about since the beginning is cashware. It's my best family friend's aunt my favorite products in the entire world, specifically the cloud throw and the shawl robe. And she gave us a code. We do not make a dime from this. It's early access 2021. We'll put the link in the description, but that's the company. like a lot of people will DM us like, I know you guys mentioned this. What was it? It's this, my favorite products ever. Um, the shawl robe and the cloud throw, I think are like the best of the best. So just wanted to mention that. I know people are doing shopping this week and we love you guys so much. Thank you for letting us do this. We'll see you on Monday. This is baby making simplified. Find free fertility on Amazon, Target and select CVS near you.